Welcome back. Good to have you. Hour number three, Bill Michaels show. Midweek huddle coming up tonight, six to eight. Watch party in the Northwoods coming up on Saturday night. Then immediately following, it's the Green and Gold postgame show on many of these network stations and also over on YouTube and all the different uh, platforms we uh, broadcast on, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, oh, my God. Twitch TV, Kick TV, LinkedIn TV, you name it, we're there. So you can find us anywhere and everywhere, all over the dial, and we certainly appreciate it. We're going to go on the air at 10 o'clock Central Time, 10 to midnight, all your reaction, all your notes, all your emails, all that kind of stuff, phone calls and such included, coming up on Saturday night when the Packers take on the 49ers immediately following the game. That being said, joining us now on the uh, hotline, our guy Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Uh, Mark, were you as surprised at the Packers' win as uh, many in the rest of the world were? I was because of the added element of the score, the way that unfolded, and the fact that they won going away, ultimately the score, I don't think that reflects how big of a win this was and how the Packers did win this going away. You know, had they won sort of a close game, a three-point game, field goal type of situation, it still would have been a surprise. But the win in dominant fashion, and also how they did it on the offensive side of the ball, being able to run the football the way they were able to run the football, being able to carve up a defense, which many saw it, you know, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas, some of the top defenses in the league, to be able to have that kind of offensive performance, to be able to shut down that passing game and to force the interceptions from Dak Prescott. I mean, there are a number of layers to the win, which is why, you know, the fact that they won, maybe not a big surprise, but the way they did it, I think, was surprising. The Dallas Cowboys came in as one of the better-ranked defenses, but everybody kept pointing to the flaws. The flaws were motion they don't adapt to very well. If you can run the football against them, you can own them. Over the middle of the field, certain things uh, looked better against Dallas than against a lot of other teams. With that, How did they get to be where they were, and yet, as many people call them after the game against the Packers, such frauds defensively? I think a lot of it was they were a team predicated on getting ahead, getting up, forcing teams to be one-dimensional, you know, getting up to a two-score lead or something like that, and then taking advantage of mistakes. You know, a lot of the interceptions and pick sixes and strip fumbles, they they came when opposing offenses had to be one-dimensional or forced to throw to get back into games. And when, as you said, play action, Green Bay's ability to run the football, you know, when the game sort of remains in that neutral script setting, the offense can run their entire playbook. That's when that Dallas defense was, at, you know, in trouble. And you also mentioned the motion. And I think another thing we saw from Jordan Love in this game was his ability to use cadence and to get that defense to show their hands and then take control of the line of scrimmage. The touchdown pass to Wicks is a perfect example of that. Uses the hard count. They show their hand with the blitz look. He changes the play at the line. They go, indeed, do bring the zero blitz pressure package after him, but he's able to get off another back foot to throw for a touchdown. And so it was like a perfect storm of things that went wrong for Dallas. All year long, they were at their best when they were forcing teams to be one-dimensional. That didn't happen. And then you saw the result of what the Packers were able to do on the, on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, now you move on to the 49ers, and they do a lot of things well. They're the best team in the NFC by far, and you start to look at the talent they have, the pro bowlers they have. 
Not to say that uh, the Dallas Cowboys didn't have them, but, man, uh, there is not a lot of, uh, you know, easy areas when you talk about San Francisco. If you put pressure on Brock Purdy, he can be prone to mistakes. If you maybe can start to, uh, you know, kind of exploit the secondary a little bit, maybe you can uh, get the, the ball downfield on them. They stuff the run extremely well. Armstead up the gut is good. Bosa coming off the edge is really good. Chase Young, since they picked him up, he's been good. I mean, what are the – the, the kind of the chinks in the armor, if you will, that the San Francisco 49ers have that the Packers have the possibility to exploit? I mean, it, it's a small list. I mean, and you kind of ran through it pretty well right there. I mean, you have opportunities to make plays in the downfield passing game, but it's going to have to start up front with protection because certainly Nick Bosa can do what he can do. Since they acquired Chase Young, he gives them another ability to disrupt the opposing pocket in the pressure game. So they could certainly get after Jordan Love. They've got Fred Warner, a sort of sideline to sideline linebacker that can cover so much ground. And some of those weaknesses that we saw from Dallas sort of up the spine of the defense, he can negate those. If you try to attack over the middle, if you try to throw up the seams, Warner is somebody who has the ability as a linebacker to carry the number three, right? So whether you have a trips alignment, if you have a tight end or even a receiver at that number three inside alignment, he can match that player vertically, which makes it very tough to, you know, attack the middle of the field. And especially if they're going to lean into some too high looks, he can sort of, you know, erase the middle of the field as an option. And so there's a lot that this team does extremely well on the defensive side of the ball, but you might see some max protection designs. You might see some, you know, chip and release designs or some, you know, two and three receiver routes where they try to make sure they could protect Jordan Love, but still get some of those throws off downfield. And then, with respect to Purdy, certainly, you know, he can create a little bit more, and that's been a big part of his story, sort of an upgrade in that area from previous Shanahan quarterbacks. But you saw what Baltimore was able to do. They were able to generate some turnovers. Mike McDonald has done such a great job in the sim pressure world. They've got 60 sacks as a team, the Ravens do, but they blitz 21.9% of the time, which is a bottom 10 number. So if you can confuse Brock Purdy with some of those sim pressure looks, you got a chance at replicating what the Ravens did. You get Jordan Love some short fields, some, you know, plus down and distance situations where you can go play action and things like that. That's going to be the recipe on the defensive side of the ball when this game kicks off. Uh, offensively for the Packers, you had talked about, you know, what Jordan Love has done, and he has only gotten better as the season has gone on, specifically over the last seven, eight, nine games. Where would you put him right now as far as his level of play? Because I know there was a power ranking that I read earlier about some of the quarterbacks that are in the postseason, and a lot of them are first-round draft choices. Brock Purdy, the, the odd man out in that group. Where would you put his level of play in the postseason right now for what he's done and how he's handled himself? I mean, it, it's up there with the other quarterbacks and left standing. I mean, and you look at what he's done these last nine games, 21 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, I remember back before Thanksgiving, Bill, when we were talking about, well, this is a huge three-game stretch for the Packers. It's a big three-game stretch for Jordan Love, you know, because there were still concerns back, say, early November of, is he really the answer? He certainly answered those questions. And you look at not just, and I know a lot has been made about the mechanics and the mannerisms and things like that. But that play to Wicks that I talked about earlier, that's high-level quarterback play. And when people say, oh, he's reminding us of Favre, he's reminding us of Rodgers, they look at the mechanics and the throwing motion and the back foot throws. But I look at how he uses the cadence. And you think back to Rodgers' time in Green Bay, that hard count, 
And yes, there were times when he would get a free play, get somebody to jump. But a lot of times it was just, it's, I'm getting information from the defense. They're going to show their hand. They're showing this pressure. Look, I go hard count. They start to back up a little bit. No, no, no. They're not blitzing. They're dropping into coverage. Now I can, you know, either change the play, change the protection, change the route concept. We can check to a rut if we want to. That ability as a quarterback to give yourself extra information. It's a veteran type of move. But here you have Jordan Love doing it in his first playoff game. And so I think he's playing the position at an extremely high level right now. And now we look at some of the other teams that are sitting there, and obviously we talked a little bit about San Francisco, but let's talk about, say, a team like Detroit. Detroit taking on uh, the Buccaneers this weekend. And, you know, Jared Goff, he's been to a Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield has had a resurgence down there with the Buccaneers, albeit not uh, spectacular, but certainly he did enough this past weekend, 32-9. to They put the crush on a, a very bad Philadelphia Eagles team that seems to be descending at this point in many different facets. Talk about that matchup. This game is fascinating to me, Bill, because, you know, that game could have even been bigger for Tampa Bay. I mean, they had some drops. Baker made some great throws that weren't completions because of drops and other situations, other reasons. They could have hung more points on this Eagles defense than they did. And so I certainly think Tampa Bay has a chance to go into Detroit and win this game. But I think the thing that fascinates me about Detroit, both against the Rams and going forward, is that win against the Rams was sort of their proof of concept game because, you know, so many people looked at Laporta and Gibbs and Campbell and some of the picks and decisions they made and thought, no, that, that's not going to work in today's NFL, but it certainly has, you know, and they got the stops they needed to. They got the big plays they needed to. Aiden Hutchinson got, you know, the huge holding penalty, which was critical at the end of that game, pushing the Rams out of field goal range when it looked like they were going to kick that go-ahead field goal and suddenly you've got Jared Goff and a got-to-have-it situation and would he be able to deliver now, the thing about this game is it may come down to, again, something we've seen so many times before. Can Jared Goff hold up under pressure? Because we know Tampa Bay is going to bring blitzes. They're going to bring pressure packages. They like to lean into zero blitz. We saw a lot of it on Monday night, and the Eagles didn't have an answer for it. Now, Goff has been good this year, 10th in adjusted completion percentage when pressured, according to PFF. But he's also thrown nine picks when he's been pressured this year, second most behind only Sam Howell. If the Bucs can get pressure on him and force, again, turnover is a huge part of the playoffs. If they can force some turnovers from him, Tampa Bay could win this game. But if golf holds up, they could be rolling on. I uh, I like what's going on over on the AFC side between Buffalo and uh, obviously Kansas City because Kansas City, for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era, they're going on the road to play a playoff game. Does that turn the tables on Kansas City at all? I think it's sort of a big unknown because we haven't seen it before. And what we've seen over Buffalo is, you know, an ability down the stretch here to win games in different ways. You think back to that Dallas game where they ran for 266 as a team. And I think Allen attempted 15 passes or something like that. They found different ways to win. And, you know, that could certainly be a factor now with a game in Buffalo. And you look at, you know, certainly the Chiefs defense has taken a step forward. This year, Steve Spagnuolo did a masterful job against Tua in that Dolphins offense on Saturday night, but I don't know if they're going to have the same success against Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen has seen this Chiefs defense many times before. He knows what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do. He knows the different looks he's going to bring. And I, I think while, you know, the Chiefs looked good against the Dolphins, this is, a, this is a step up. The Bills have been very good recently, and I do think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be the team that moves on here. 
I, I I like the Buffalo Bills and the way they're playing, specifically down the stretch. It seems like they've got a head of steam. Now, the other question is, when it comes to what the Kansas City Chiefs are bringing to the table, did it seem like maybe they had a little bit of a refocus against the Miami Dolphins? Now, granted, the Dolphins did not play very well, and they looked like they wanted to go home from the time they got off the plane in that frigid weather. But it looked like all of a sudden some of the wide receivers for Kansas City seemed to be a little bit more refocused, if you will. Yeah, it did seem like they got more production outside, you know, of the Kelsey and Mahomes connection. You know, you had Saw Rice, who had a very good game. And, you know, down the stretch, he's been a big part of what they've been able to, you know, produce in the passing game, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey. Now, there was sort of a worry that, you know, he did seem to have a little of a leg injury during the end of that game. Now, he should be able to go. But that was a big part of their success against the Dolphins, getting that production outside of the Travis Kelsey part of the passing game, because it's been a big question for them all season long. Now, can they replicate that again against Buffalo? And should they win, you know, against either Houston or Baltimore? That remains to be seen, but that was a big part of their success. And like you said, look, the Dolphins, it seemed like from the first snap of that game, didn't seem like they wanted to be there. They had the one touchdown to Tyree Kill. They're going to face something completely different this week. The Chiefs are in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I really, really like what's going on right now when you uh, when you talk about Pittsburgh. I like the fact that Mike Tomlin is staying. I do want to go back to that game because they did not play well in, in Buffalo. I like the fact that their defense is only going to get better and T.J. Watt's going to come back. Mike Tomlin's going to hang on. Their offense certainly changed once they got rid of Matt Canada, but they still need a quarterback. Is Kenny Pickett the guy coming back by any, by any chance, or is this a team that's going to be in the offseason looking for another quarterback? I, I honestly, Bill, don't know. It's It's such an interesting question because you know they decided to ride with the hot hand with Mason Rudolph and it got him into the playoffs and you know you do spend that first round pick on a quarterback but it's not like years past where you talked about Kenny Pickett's one of the highest paid players in the game the economics are different now and so they could certainly decide that look they're going to either address the position again via free agency there could be some trade options out there they may decide that at that point in the draft maybe a player like Bo Nix could be an option for them, or should he slide a little bit, Jaden Daniels or one of the other quarterbacks? Because I think that the, when, once they made the decision, look, yeah, you know, he's healthy, but we'll ride it with Mason Rudolph, who was our third string quarterback coming into the season, and kind of tells you where this organization's he- head is at regarding Kenny Pickett. Now, they might decide after, you know, revisiting the season, breaking down film and looking at all the available options and pathways for them that. Pickett and Mason Rudolph in a camp battle is their best course of action. But it does seem like, given how they handled the position down the stretch, the door is open to a new quarterback in Pittsburgh. Uh, Let's talk about the other matchup that's of intrigue because C.J. Stroud has had an incredible season. They just destroyed the Cleveland Browns 45-14 now. It's a whole different animal. they got to go face Lamar Jackson and company and a really, really good football team in the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens. Give uh, Give me your kind of handicap on that contest. Yeah, this is another facet in the game. And all these games look so good on paper. I can't wait for this weekend. And, you know, we've talked about the Ravens a little bit and what they've done on the defensive side of the ball this year and what Mike McDonald has done and the different pressure packages and 60 sacks while they blitz, you know, the bottom 10 rate in the league. But something to remember is, look, Mike McDonald came from Michigan. And so C.J. Stroud has at least gotten a glimpse of what he likes to do on the defensive side of the ball before. And so I think from a diagnosis standpoint, Stroud's going to be perhaps ahead of the game a little bit. 
And I think what really also stood out last week watching that Cleveland-Houston game was how well Houston's defense played. Now, I know Flacco, you know, we were wondering if he would make the big mistake, and he made a couple of them back-to-back pick sixes. Can that Houston defense force something similar for Lamar Jackson? Or is Jackson going to play up to the MVP level that he was playing this season, playing out this season, and certainly down the stretch the wins against San Francisco and Miami? So I think I'm very curious to see how Stroud handles what Mike McDonald throws at him. And I also want to see if the Houston Texans can force a mistake, force a couple of three and outs from Lamar, maybe give their offense a chance to put a score on the board board early and see if, you know, Baltimore starts to tighten up a bit because we've seen that before from the Ravens, 2019, 14 and two, that first division around game, Tennessee came in and knocked them out 28, 12. Could we see something like that happen again? Always great to talk, Mark. I appreciate it. So uh, if you're going to be a betting person, who you got this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty chalky. I, I, I do like the, the home teams in at least three of the games. I do like San Francisco. I do like Buffalo. I do like um, Baltimore. The one that I'm wavering on is, is Detroit-Tampa Bay. There's just something about this Buccaneers team, and as we talked about, the ability of, of that defense to bring pressure. And so that's the game where I'm thinking, look, in terms of the seeds, that might be where you see the upset. Always great, buddy. I appreciate it, and we'll talk again next week as uh, we get into the AFC and the uh, NFC Championship games. Thanks so much, Bill. Enjoy the games. Have a blast. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much, Mark. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can get his stuff at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. And uh, he's he's always just a wealth of knowledge. We didn't even get into the coaching carousel. I wanted to get into that, but we didn't even have time for that. Just breaking down all the games coming up this weekend and what went on this past weekend. Good, good stuff always. Good, good stuff always from Mark. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends. I know they were running shuttles. They're going to be doing it again coming up when the Bucks come back home or you've got Marquette going on, Admirals games, you name it. Stenny's second to National in Walker's Point. We uh, announced today that we're going to be down there again for Brewers opening day this year, the home opener, so we're looking forward to that as well. But second to National in Walker's Point, home of the best, the best wings. They've got the award-winning Bloody Marys and the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, but they come up with food and monthly specials all the time. Pizzas, mac and cheese, they've got bur- their burgers are so good, but one of the things that they're completely underrated for is their fish fries, which are absolutely awesome. So everything at Stenny's, really, really good, and the atmosphere, like I said, it's called the Cheers of Milwaukee. That is our friends at Stenny's. Second and National, Walker's Point, and the new one coming to Lake Country, hopefully sooner rather than later. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. time of year where you're going to start thinking about polishes and waxes and motorcycles, although we're dreaming of motorcycles, aren't we? God, yes, we are. You know it. But uh, I know eventually we're going to be thinking about that stuff a whole lot more. And uh, Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. Go to Get Wabam. W-A-B-A-M. GetWabam.com. Find uh, the product or the dealer nearest you or start looking for it in many different auto dealerships, motorcycle uh, places, if you will, uh, dealerships and uh, such but the stuff is good I, i've had numerous people that have asked me over the last year you know wh- what what is the stuff that you put on your front fairing 
uh, of your motorcycle to kind of keep the bugs off, and it's been Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. And uh, really good stuff. Or uh, it's uh, polishes for the boat, uh, which kept really, it, it was amazing that uh, all the gook on the bottom of the boat blasted right off at the end of the season, uh, much easier than it ever had in the past. So that stuff really kind of proved to be vital for the boat as well when I put it all over the underside of the of the, of the boat. So go to getwabam, getwabam.com. That's getwabam.com and get your stuff right there. Um, talking about, uh, you know, let's see here. Uh, this is from Mark. He says, uh, with the Elite Eight, as we're calling it now for the uh, for the football season, with the Elite Eight, where would you rank the Green Bay Packers? Do you think they're better better than many of the teams that are listed? And do you believe that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback or a less quarterback than Jordan Love? Now, if you're asking me kind of going back to what we stated a little bit earlier when you talked about the kind of ranking the quarterbacks that are still in it, the teams that are still there, where would I rank the Green Bay? That's a great question. Um, I would probably... I, I believe, okay, I believe the Packers are better than the Houston Texans. I believe the Packers, I know this is going to sound stupid, but I leave, I believe right now I believe the Packers are better than the Buccaneers and better than the Lions. I believe they're better than Kansas City as well, which leaves three other teams. That's the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills that I believe all right now are probably better or playing better than the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers may be on the same par as the Buffalo Bills. I know that sounds crazy from where they were to where they are, but the Packers have played such good football specifically over the last three, four weeks that you kind of look at it and go, well, the way they're playing right now. Now, I think Kansas City is a tremendous team, but they they struggled down the stretch. They did, they did went Their period of time in which they did not look good was towards the end of the season. The Packers were peaking when other teams were falling off. They were better than the Eagles. The Eagles were falling off at a very bad time. We all know that. The Cowboys came in completely overconfident and were exposed. I mean, the Packers beat the absolute blank out of them. You know, the score, the final score was nowhere near as indicative as the beatdown that was, right? Uh, I believe the Packers are better than the Steelers, even with Kyle Rudolph. I believe the Packers were peaking at are peaking at the right time. Now we'll see what happens this weekend. And I believe the Packers were better than Cleveland. Even Cleveland, what was so amazing to me by Cleveland. Now, granted, anytime you throw back-to-back pick sixes, you are screwed, man. And that's what happened to Joe Flacco. But that Cleveland defense all throughout the season was a defense that we kept saying was a Super Bowl caliber defense. They were that good. Ride that defense to the Super Bowl. And then what C.J. Stroud did, where they got receivers behind that secondary so consistently down in Houston, I was shocked that, that, that Cleveland's defense got exposed that poorly. Whether they just had a bad day or it was just a perfect game plan, I don't know. But I was shocked that they got beat that bad. That bad. So that's if, – if I had to say right now the teams that are coming into this postseason and into this weekend, I would say that it, the Packers are in the top four right now. I think Buffalo is probably better than them and peaking at the right time. I certainly think Baltimore is probably the most complete team 
Now that could change, but but I for all the stars and all the strength of position that the 49ers have, I still say it's going to be a a a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. I'm I'm my prediction at the beginning of the season looking pretty good at this point. Do I think the Packers can win this weekend? Yeah, but I think they have to win almost via the same blueprint of circumstances, not of of play, but of circumstances. <laughs> Excuse me, as they won this weekend. You got to get up early, you got to punch them in the face, you got to stun them, you got to shock them, and then you got you got to just keep your foot on the floor. Keep your foot on the floor. Get a few stops, trade some touchdowns and field goals. <coughs> but that's the way you're going to beat them. But if you allow them to get out to an early lead and you start playing conservative defensively and you know you're not fundamentally sound and all the things that we've witnessed throughout the season, then you're going to get your ass handed to you. So I, that's that's the way I think. Can the Packers win? I put, probably put it on the same percentage I had the Packers going in to this Dallas game. Maybe a little bit better because they're playing so loose and so well right now, but kind of the same percentage, to be honest with you. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, continuing on. Good stuff. Good stuff today. Uh, enjoying the day, big time. Uh, it's a Wednesday, which you uh, know that what that means. We got the huddle coming up a little bit later on tonight, and uh, six to eight this evening. We are going to be uh, obviously talking a lot about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Mike Clemens, the Packers uh, back in the practice field and such. We'll get into all of that coming up a little bit later on this evening. So looking forward to it. And then we start to make our picks and break down all the games coming up this weekend as we're down to the final four, so to speak, final four games, the elite eight of teams, but the final four games. So that's all coming up this evening as well. And uh, we'll get into all of that. I uh, want to get into some emails coming up here uh, in just a couple of minutes uh, also, but uh, got to get to him because uh, we got to get uh, to our guy, Rob Reichel, who is standing by. And, Rob, how you been, pal? Are you as shocked as everybody else was that the Packers dominated the Cowboys the way they did? Well, I'm shocked they dominated the game, Billy. I'm, I'm not shocked they won. I, I did pick them in print, and I, I picked them in all my Internet copy and, and all that kind of stuff, too. I just had a feeling in that game, Bill, going in, that if they could weather the early storm, if, if – you know, they, they didn't get blown out of that place in, in the first 20 minutes of the football game. If they were within a score going to the fourth quarter, I really felt all the pressure was going to shift to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and, and everybody inside that organization knowing that this was Dallas's best chance in, in several years. And Green Bay obviously playing with house money and the young team and having, you know, every reason in the world to be extremely loose, Bill. I thought that was going to work into their hands. I did not expect a route. I did not expect 
27 nothing, 48-16, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I did think Green Bay was going to hang around and then find a way to win the football game. And um, amazingly, Billy, I was right for once in my life. Well, you know what? Uh, good for you, man, because I knew a lot of people kind of said the same thing like I was saying. I said, look, they got 25 35% chance of winning. I wouldn't bet on it, you know. But I, I'd throw a little bit of money down on the Packers just to kind of shock the world and damned if they didn't. Now, moving forward, uh, this is a different animal because for everything that the Packers did well, the Dallas Cowboys did not cover well. In this particular sense, everything the Green Bay Packers do, Shanahan's incredibly familiar with. So you tell me how this thing kind of measures up coming into the weekend. Yeah. Again, kind of same philosophy, I would say, Bill. If, if you know, they, they, they can't get run out of that place early. You know, they, they can't be down 17 nothing, 21-3, 21-6, something like that, mid-second mid quarter. Because, Bill, if they hang around and develop confidence through the course of that game, um, again, much like Dallas last week, you know, we're talking about a 10-point favorite here in, in San Francisco. What was Dallas, eighth or something like that? I think you're going to see similar results where all the pressure immediately shifts back, you know, to, to San Francisco. San Francisco is all in on this football team. You know, Billy, they, they've gone out the last couple of years, made massive trades for guys like, you know, Young and, and McCaffrey and, and people like that. They've you know, they, they appear to have hit the home run and solved the quarterback issue with Purdy. That was about the only one learned, you know, kind of looming on the football team. Everybody believes they don't have a lot of holes. You know, everybody believes, Bill, that, that if the 49ers are ever going to get it done, it's now where people look at Green Bay and say the window is open here for the next three or four years now all of a sudden based on the fact they have so many young standout players that are going to be on rookie contracts through 2025, 2026, et cetera. So, Bill, if, if, you know, if the Packers can kind of ship that and, and hang around early, and, and I think they can. Now, the game plan in this in this one changes, Bill. Last week I said all along it was going to be an Aaron Jones game. This will not be an Aaron Jones game. San Francisco is just simply too good against the run. They will take that away. Even, you know, Bill, even when Baltimore went and blew out the 49ers about a month ago uh, on that night where Brock Purdy had the four interceptions, you know, Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher for Baltimore that night with about 40 yards. Jackson beat him through the air. Jackson beat him with his arm, and that's the weakness of San Francisco, Bill. They're okay on the corner. They're not particularly deep. They're very average at safety. They lost a pro bowler to an ACL about a month and a half ago. Um, I, 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 Bill, I, I don't think San Francisco has the resources, the, the capability to cover the five wides Green Bay can go to. At various times, I think this could be a huge Luke Musgrave game, Bill, where, where he's able to take advantage of a lot of stuff down the middle and, and up the seam with his unique speed and kind of, you know, really unique skill set. The whole key, obviously, to that thing is getting it blocked up front. If they can, you know, if they can handle Boza and Young and the interior pass rush, which, believe me, that is a lot easier said than done. Uh, but this Green Bay line, Bill, has played at a really high level now for a couple of months. They're third in the league in sacks allowed with just 30. They've only given up one sack in the last three games, so the line has been terrific really over the last five, six, seven games, Bill, certainly in the midst of this winning streak. So if they can get things blocked, Love should stay comfortable enough, Bill, to be able to pick this group apart through the air. That was one of the things that you just stated that I said on Monday and Tuesday was I thought this would be a tight ends game. Move the sticks, live to fight another day. Don't you may get chunk plays, but these are the guys that are going to be the ones that move the sticks. They're going to concentrate on stopping Aaron Jones, who's had an unbelievable run here over the uh, last four or five games. 
But they're, they're going to try to make, as Bosa said out of KNBR Radio, they're going to try to make Jordan Love uncomfortable and force him into mistakes. And he has been, the, the term has been unflappable. He has just not looked rattled at all. You know what I mean? I, granted, there's not a lot of pressure on him, but he just hasn't looked rattled at all this postseason or over the last three, four games, has he? Bill, even on that first touchdown he threw against Dallas to Wicks on, you know, on, 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 the, on the post, and, you know, Dallas brings six. They bring the house, and Green Bay initially only had five to block if they shifted the tight end to help, so then they did have six on six, and for the most part they, they picked that up pretty well. You know, but, but Bill, Love held that ball an extra kick, if, if you recall that play. It's almost like he invited the pass rush in another half a step because he knew that was all Wicks needed to turn that corner and work his way, you know, free in the middle in the middle of the field for the for the for the touchdown. You're, you're a thousand percent right, Bill. You know, in terms of him being unflappable and just so unbelievably calm and poised through this through this stretch here, where he where he has what 21 touchdowns, one pick in the in the last nine. I think it is the passer rating pushing 120. I mean, Bill, there's he's showing too consistently. There's there's just there's not a throw out there that. He, cannot make. I mean, he's throwing it off his back foot, Bill. He's playing a sidearm like Kent Sekulvi, if you're if you're old enough like me to remember Kent Sekulvi and that phenomenal, yep. you know, Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, how, how, how he would play a sidearm. He's rolling out of the pocket, Bill, and, and making throws on the run that are that are lasers and darts and just hitting his guys in stride. I mean, there's, there is absolutely nothing he, you know, he cannot or is not doing at, at, at this point in time, and and, 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 Bill, it's been a remarkable growth since really the, the midway point of the year because, you know, I remember us talking midseason when they were 2-5, and 3-6, and six and, and, and you really wondered if, you know, if, if he had all this in his bag of tricks. And, and as the receivers have grown up, Bill, and he's gotten more and more comfortable and they've developed better chemistry and, 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 and are in, in greater sync than, than ever before, you are seeing that, you know, Jordan Love, Right now, Bill, I mean, if, if, if you took an MVP vote on the second half of the season alone, I mean, it's, it's, it's Jordan Love or it's Lamar Jackson, right? Flip a coin. Right. And, and, and Bill, if he, can, if he can maintain a performance even close, he's not going to go 157 again on a passer rating in San Francisco, right? Let's not kid ourselves. But, if, but Bill, if he's 105, 110, they're probably going to win the football game. Tell me about the defense because I get the same questions I'm sure you do. Has Joe Barry done enough to keep his job? And my argument is, well, why did it take you until week 14, 15 to kind of get it together? So I'm not worried about that. But this defense has played different. They've been fundamentally sound. They've been better in coverage, more man than they are normally playing. And we've seen stunts and blitzes and bringing different pressures uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I still, even if they make, a, unless they make a run to the Super Bowl, I still think at the end of the season, Joe Barry's out of a job, but it has certainly looked a lot different over the last four weeks. I'd agree with you, Bill. I think they've got to go to the Super Bowl for him to, to save his job. I mean, they did give up, and I get it a lot with garbage time, but they did give up 500 yards in, the, in that Dallas game. Let's see what happens here, right? I mean, a few years back, everybody thought Mike Patton was gold, and, and, they, and, and, you know, and they went out to, to, to San Francisco and and Mostard in that group ran ran wild. What did Mostard have? Two twenty that day in the in the four touchdowns. Um, you know, I'll, it's such a fluid league, Bill, as we know. So you know, I, I I would say right now odds are that that Joe Barry is 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 probably gone, and, and unless unless they have back to back unbelievable performances here the next the next two weeks and upset San Francisco, and then whoever comes out of the the Dallas uh, or I'm 
sorry, the Detroit-Tampa Bay game. But, but Bill, you know, it, it, it's kind of twofold to me what's going on, on on defense right now. Number one, they've been far more aggressive. You know, the Barry's turning some guys loose. You, 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 you've seen them, you know, you've seen them uh, force more turnovers than they have at any any point during during the season. The Savage play was so reminiscent of, of Tremont Williams back in, in 2010 in the Atlanta Divisional Round. Really changed that football game. Alexander's early interception was huge. Um, Bill, I think he's been more aggressive for the most part now. I think everybody took their foot off the off the gas, and, and, and they regret that decision now, you know, but in the fourth quarter of that Dallas game, and they, they probably learned a lesson and got away with it, that you don't rest starters, you don't take your, your foot off the gas in a playoff game. It's, it's not week five against the Browns or something like that. But then right. second, Bill, really the, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest thing as, as much as anything is they are almost back to full health. I mean, the only player on defense last week preferred starter that they were missing from back in August or First September, Bill was Eric Stokes on the corner. You know, assuming you know Rasul, you know Rasul Douglas was around back then. But a, a team without Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes becomes your other starter on on the corner. I mean, Bill, they've they've been healthy all year up front on the defensive line. They've been in and out a little bit with linebackers, particularly in the middle. You know, but that secondary has been has been really beat to nonsense, and um, they've largely got everybody back. You saw Savage probably make the biggest play of his Packer career. Last week, Owens has been fine. Anthony Johnson has been solid. Alexander had the biggest play of, you know, arguably his Packer career last week. And, he, you know, he, he did a lot right there to make people forget kind of his lost 2023 season, Bill. And, and 37 held up on the other side just fine. I mean, uh, for the most part, Bill, it's, it's a healthy group. And Barry's turning them loose a little bit more than he had. And, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're seeing the results. And, and they're going to have to be similar Saturday night for them to hang around. Do the 49ers, and this will be the last one I really ask you. Well, I, I got two, actually. Do the 49ers, first of all, have enough in the secondary to cover the di- – and I'm not saying that these are spectacular weapons, but it's like one week it's Dontavian Wicks, the next week it's Jaden Reed, the next week it's Romeo Dobbs, you mentioned Musgrave, then it's Tucker Kraft. Do they have enough to cover what the Packers can throw at you? No. I, Bill, I'm not sure anybody in the league does. I mean – Green Bay's four, number four and five wide receivers, whoever you want to identify them as, you know, even even at three, you know, let, let let's say they're healthy and and even if Christian Watson is 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 largely a decoy in this game, Bill, just to clear out space and in the middle of the field or to or to occupy a number one corner, you know, and then let's say Dobbs is is your two. Bill, there's almost no team in the league that can cover a, a, a Wicks and a and, and a Reed and a Kraft and. And, and a full Belton and a Luke Musgrave then, you know, as they go deeper and deeper down their depth chart in in the secondary. Green Bay has more weapons right now than probably any time since, you know, that 2010 era, Bill, where, yeah. they, you know, that, that was then, then they, when they would have trotted out there, Jordy and, and, and Greg Jennings and, 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 and Driver and, and Finley, and, you know, they got Randall Cobb obviously in 2011, but, James Jones had a year in there where he led the right. league in, in touchdown receptions. I mean, Bill, I get it. All these guys are young, but they're insanely gifted too. And, you know, to, to answer your question, Bill, I, I don't there, – there's not a team in the league deep enough in the secondary to keep up with Green Bay's, you know, number four and five wide receivers. The bottom line, again, becomes can they get those guys up front blocked and give Love three seconds? Because if they do that, Bill, he's going he's gonna to win the day. 
Real quick before I let you go, uh, the only uh, kind of flaw that I see consistently on this team we, is the kicking game. And whether it's not kicking it into the end zone, which now we found out that that's something that they're planning to do, and uh, why, I don't know, because they're giving up quite a few yards in coverage. And then the inconsistency when it comes to either PATs and or field goals. That's the only thing that's extremely shaky. Does that bother you right now? 100%. Yeah, 100, 100%. And I had, a, I had a long argument with another writer about this just the other day. And, and I said, you know, Green Bay at the start of the year, they were never going to tell the paying customers this bill. They were never going to tell this to the fan base. But the 2023 season was largely about finding out can Jordan Love play? What other 35 guys on this roster do they want to bring along for the ride the next few years? And then getting their financial house in order. And, and that meant clearing Aaron Rodgers $40-plus million off the books. Bill, they have $67 million right now of dead cap money, and they're still in this position. I mean, that money's going to become available, and I get it. They're going to have to pay Jordan Love. But they're, for the first time in a long time, Bill, they're going to have money to go play with in, in free agency. They did everything right this season from cleaning up their financial house, and what that meant, Bill, was going cheap at kicker and punter. And punter, it hasn't mattered really for the most part. You know, Whalen's been what Whalen's been fine. Um, you know, but Carlson now missing kicks in nine of eleven games, Bill, is unbelievably problematic to them right now. You know, Bill, if it's if it's twenty three twenty one San Francisco with thirty seconds left or fifteen seconds left, and and they have fourth and six on the nine or thirty one. I, I'm not sure Matt feels comfortable, LaFleur, that is, trotting out Carlson for a potential 48-yard game-winning field goal at, at, at this point in time. And that's a bad situation for a head coach to be in. I mean, you know, the last time they've been in that situation, Bill, it was, was probably that ridiculous 2012 season when, when Mason Crosby only made 63% of, of his field goals and, and he almost got ran out of town. He obviously reversed his career and, 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 and became a Packer Hall of Famer and a legend around here. Carlson has doesn't have nearly the house credit built up, Bill, to do that. It's 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 a nerve wracking situation in a close game. I would say if you're Matt Lafleur, trusting Carlson to to make a big kick or go out there and, and try to win a football game, and you know it, it, it's it's kind of like if Lafleur was a golfer, Bill, he's only got 13 clubs in the bag. He doesn't have all 14. Right. Good stuff as always, Rob. Appreciate it, uh, and we will talk again real soon. Cross our fingers for the weekend, pal. Okay. Thanks, Bill. All right, bud. Talk to you later. There you go. Rob Reichel joining us for a couple of minutes, and we always appreciate his time. Good stuff from Rob, and uh, appreciate him uh, hanging out with us for such a long period of time. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you back the Bill Michaels show we continue on thanks to our friends at Cunis RV automotive trucks commercial go to shop shop shopcunis.com they have been instrumental with our trucks and the RV and such getting us all over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders for a lot of the great stuff that we do with Fisher House Wisconsin and such so thanks to our friends at Cunis and if you're shopping right now K-U-N-E-S Cunis shopcunis.com Another hour yet to go. Don't go anywhere. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.